You are listening to V for Vertigo, episode 112. Something kind of vertigo going on here. I've been seeing fables in my dreams. I've been laying scalped out here for hours in this swamp in New Orleans. I've been reading spells from books, magic, trying just to help blaze trails to you. Feeling like a loser, so, so tragic. Feeling like I'm left to preach at all the time spent moving all so slow It's something kind of vertigo Welcome, it's the beginning of another edition of V for Vertigo Where I'm in the air everywhere Streaming on the vast world wide web And this podcast is one man's journey into the world of all things Vertigo Comics Because everything else is just picture books I'm your host Mark, baby, please don't go. Baby, please don't go down to New Orleans. You know I love you so. Baby, please don't go. Johnson. And this week's spoiler field review will cover Fables, The Good Prince by Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. And that song has been stuck in my head uh, for a good day, day and a half now. And now I'd like to blame Good Morning Vietnam. And then this is a damn fine movie. But I was like, man, that song is catchy. And then I was like, well, I, it's also a song I've heard in a billion other movies. But there was one movie I was like, man, where did I hear that from? And it took me a while. And then I remember, oh yeah, Blue Chips. Which is a surprisingly good movie. Even though it has Shaq in it. And I like Nick Nolte's uh, speech. It's not about basketball. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about greed. That's that's like my uh, Nick Nolte. <laughs> and it's got Penny Hardaway. I miss Penny. So, but I do want to talk about, this is probably going to be a huge field comic book discussion show. Uh, I love those, unless I don't. Um, I The day before yesterday, I, I borrowed my friend's uh, Mass Effect 1, and I started playing... Man, it's not good. You you may have seen me Facebook it uh, or tweet it, and it's I don't I don't understand the love for Mass Effect. It I want to say both Mass Effect and Dragon Age uh, Origins were worked on at the same time thereabouts, um, but. Unlike uh, Mass Effect, <laughs> no, unlike Dragon Age, Mass Effect actually got finished on time and they got pushed out. Cause I think it was supposed to be on the last console. In fact, Dragon Age may have been uh, before. It may have started before. Well, in either case, it's. Uh, I don't know if I want to continue it. It doesn't help when I have to restart the game in the first hour because things on the map aren't clear. You know what I hate in games? So there's a couple of things I hate, I hate in video games. There's the escort mission because the AI is dumb as shit. Um and I don't know. I haven't I didn't hit that. And there's the uh there's the time limit. Like either do a Super Mario Brothers one and give me you know all the levels are t- time imposed 
or don't have it within the first hour. Well, I gotta find these bombs that aren't clearly marked in the map. Uh, they're not clearly marked on the tiny map in the screen, and the sterile everything looks alike map on the or the I guess the the scenery is is uh, doesn't help either. So that that sucked. Voice acting's good. The controls though, man. The controls. Really wonky. It's I don't I don't know. It's I, I mean graphically it's better than Dragon Age Origins. It really is. It looks like a last uh, gen game. But and the story is interesting as opposed to Origins, which is a uh, very stereotypical. But man, there's no there's no hotkey. I don't think so. You can't assign your spells, and it it's weird. It's like. So you gotta pause it, which is annoying. I don't know if you can rotate between the people. I tried the buttons. There's no auto healing outside of battle, which is always fun when uh, you damage yourself figuring out the buttons in the first five minutes of the game. Um, you're, you're, the AI dies. It's a very uh, yeah, I don't know, man. But the controls are are weird. It's it's like there's too much, too many things to do, too much customization. And the people say the second one they refined everything. And then the combat. It's like, is this Gears of War? Is this an RPG? It's not really both, but it is. So it's kind of stuck it stuck in the middle of you. So it doesn't flow that well, but. People say the second one's more action-oriented and it's everything's smoother. And to be fair, in video games, um, first video games generally aren't as good as the sequels because the sequels they can uh, polish them and refine them. Although in Dragon Age 2, that wasn't the case. Oh, that game was a rushed piece of shit. But man, I don't know. I think I'm gonna give it a couple hours because I'm in this part where. I hate in every RPG. After about a half hour, hour, uh, depending on when the first uh, combat is, um, there's always one early. But um, there's this part, there's these parts in the RPGs where you explore the first major city. Man, every game I hate. Even games I love, like uh, Grandia or uh, Dragon Age Origins. But when you first play it, you just the the story in the game, like they have the early combats, and you kind of get the feel for it, but you kind of not, and you're like, man, I could use like another combat or two. And without a clock, I can use another combat or two so I can practice. And then the game goes down to a screeching halt, and you explore the city and talk to everyone for like another hour or two. You get lost, and the world's big, you're like, oh, man. Man. I mean, things pick up once you explore the world, or in this case, the galaxy. So, I don't know. Mass Effect overrated. Um, people think I'm trolling, whatever. Apparently, you can't, you have to agree with the quote-unquote masses. The Scott Pilgrim still suck. No one agreed on that shit. Um, yeah, so my friends are stupid. <laughs> They are. Um, okay, so uh, enough about that. There's actually quite a bit of news this week, so I suppose we should talk about comics. Vertigo News. So, there was a little, little convention 
Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called the San Diego Comic Con. So I think I got all the news from there dealing with Vertigo. Although I'm probably bound to miss one or two things. And hopefully they'll, someone will link the podcast of when they're done their panel. Alright, and maybe the... I'm sure there is, but it really, last year, it only sounded like there were nine people in the, uh, and I'm not talking about the panelists, I'm talking about the audience. So, I kind of wish I collected floppies just to read Vertigo's Halloween specials, because they seem to do a lot. So they're going to publish an anthology, I think it's called The Unexpected, that's a lame title, um, with nine tales of horrors, suspense, and unexpected twist. This will be written and drawn by people such as Dave Gibbons, Brian Wood, Jill Thompson, Joshua Dicehart, Emily Carroll, and more. And, ooh, this is interesting. Now there's a new monthly series, upcoming monthly series. There's a sneak peek in uh, The Unexpected. It's a, what is this called? I guess they didn't didn't name it, release the name yet. But it's called, uh, let's see, a monthly series coming from Vertigo. A macabre and magical saga of voodoo ghosts, mortals, in the eerie streets of New Orleans. New Orleans. How would the voice guys go? New Orleans. New Orleans. Anyway. Um, hmm. Is that, that sounds like, uh, not... Con- like Constantine, but with Doctor, who's the guy in the Marvel universe? Voodoo, or I want to say Hoodoo, but that doesn't sound right. We'll go with Voodoo. All right, so on uh, Vertigo's editorial panel, what did I done? There's uh, Vertigo's newest uh, OGN, Mati. A girl is about a. Girl growing up behind the Iron Curtain. Ah, that sounds boring. Unless it's like Day Driver, but depressing. Hmm, that didn't really pitch me. There's a, this was weird. It's about growing up in a repressed society, said Berger. Uh, but despite the darker tone, Berger said, It's not an adult book. And would be marketed for younger readers as well as older. So, there you go. Um, Brian Azzarello will return to Vertigo. I don't know where he went. With Spaceman, a story set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, that sounds weird. I might pick that up. It's like Spaceman, but it's not in space. So, um, the audience... Oh, this is weird. This is dumb. The audience applauded when... Karen Berger brought up images from Grant Morrison's new collections of We Three and Joe the Barbarian. And Joe the Barbarian will be in October, so that's, what is it, it's July now. So I can't wait for that. And, uh, the unwritten, a female writer who has to hide her gender in order to write. Oh, that's cool. And actually, here's the biggest thing with uh, the unwritten. So, hmm, I don't, uh, it doesn't, it might not say, or maybe I didn't copy and paste it all, but, uh, the unwritten starting in November 
for who knows how long. Oh, wait. What? This is weird. Okay, so let me read it to you what I copied and paste. In November, Burger revealed they will ship the unwritten twice a month. The first whole number issues, issue 10, issue 11, etc. Follow Tommy as he takes the, the cabal down. While the second point five issues, 10.5, 11.5, etc. Will show the history of the cabal and other supporting characters. Okay, I read that wrong in my mind. That makes more sense. But how long uh you think they'll do that? Man, because that'd be weird, right? So say uh, it, the unwritten last, I don't know, 30 issues. But if they do these double issues all the way till 30, um, that's like 60 issues. <laughs> but say it doesn't last. <laughs> say it lasts your average vertical run, 60, 65 issues. And if it does for that long, it's, uh, that's a, that was the double. So it was like 130 issues. But then again, I'm just thinking of, not Lucifer, but Preacher. And it had at least uh, three miniseries, like, I believe. And then they were all collected in like the fourth trade or something. So I'm curious to see how this goes. I would love, I gotta have, I really gotta have Mike Carey on the show before I quit. Um, they gotta talk, cause he's, he's doing balls to the walls thing. He's doing the choose your own adventure, uh, this twice a, a month thing. And, uh, like other, other things. He's, he's really trying new things with the unwritten. So, um, if, uh, you care about Black Orchard, never heard of it. There, Vertigo's gonna publish, uh, the deluxe edition of Black Orchard. I already went over the point five issues. Uh, let me control, control click. Oh, God. Control click. There's actually an interesting article I do want to read. But it doesn't deal with Vertigo. Deals with Todd McFarlane and what his thoughts on 52, DC 52. I gotta uh, read that later. Alright. So, there was a Bill Willingham panel. Because it wouldn't be a panel without his oversized ego. And damn these uh, embedded ads. Alright. Um, so, he's gonna release. Because you know, every year he must. He must release another Fables tie in, spin off, uh, miniseries, whatever. And this latest one is called Fairest, and it'll feature Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. And my guess is it was pitched along the lines of Poison Ivy and Harlequin, or Har- Harley Quinn, Harlequin, Har- Harley, whatever, Harlequin, one, one of the two. And uh, my mind is like, ooh, maybe get a little, little sex thing. It's probably won't happen. So. I don't know what happened. Apparently, she's eternally slept. Uh, Sleeping Beauty somewhere. God, I hope it's not. I really hope it doesn't take place in the next two Fables trades. Where she defeats um, the adversary and get her to go to sleep. That'd be really fucking lame. And, uh, yeah, whatever. So, gorgeous, blah, blah, sucking his own dick. Uh, Fable... Oh, here we go. 
William him wouldn't get into specifics, but beyond that teased, we will look at the other Fables characters that fit the definition of fairest in the land. Because, you know, you gotta have more people. Um, enough about that. Okay, let's go to the recap for the Fables panel. Did I not just hit click this link? Uh, this, is, this is like the same thing. Oh, no, it's different. Okay. They're using the same image, though. Seriously, comic book uh, resources. Alright. So, issue 107 of Fables. I won't get that far, but it will be drawn by Terry Moore, who I don't really care much for as an artist, but people like them. Um, oh, hmm, that's interesting. Ah, uh, Bu Buffkin is from the Wizard of Oz. He's going back to Oz to fight. Well, not, I don't care about the story, it's just I'm more surprised. I didn't realize that Buffkin is the monkey in the Oz. Let's see. Okay, so... Vertigo will not be doing any more Cinderella miniseries. Yeah, I don't want to get get them anymore because I don't know how many there are. But okay, so but she's gonna be in Ferris miniseries. How many how many miniseries has she had? All right, I already talked about Sleeping Beauty, Ferris. Uh, there's gonna be Werewolves of the Heartland. Graphic novel. I haven't even heard of that. But it's been delayed. I'm guessing it's going to deal with Big B's or something again. Ah, Fables team. Another Christmas issue. This is for all you people that like Fables. I don't know why. Alright. Yeah, I already mentioned this months ago. Telltale Games. It's going to release a Fables computer game. And fuck my friends for not telling me about the Steam sale. Because even though I hate PC gaming... I would have bought Back to the Future for $5. Damn it! I gotta get that. Ooh, I hope my uh, exclusive toy ships out tomorrow. Alright. And... Fables. Oh, this is... Oh, see, I like this guy. Who goes... When he opens it up to the mic, he asks Willingham. And he goes, uh, The first was about how Fables has so far stayed away from the Greco-Roman myths. Are we going to be seeing the apple of discovered at all? Oh, totally read that wrong. Whatever. Blueberry, she'll be back because no one dies in this uh, godforsaken uh, fables thing. And apparently, Flycatcher, who I'll get to in a few minutes, uh, was Buckingham's favorite, so that led to this trade. And something in a thousand and four nightfalls. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Ooh, there's a babe, the blue one ox. Or one shot. I'm not getting that. Mind Serene, I won't spoil all that. Sinbad is coming back. Don't know how that guy died. Um, I know the fable story. I'm sorry, I'm mumbling. William closed out the panel with a heartfelt thanks to the fans. Read blah blah blah. Oh, they guess a shit. I'm closing this. Let me open up back my. That is the wrong thing. Okay. So. That is all the news. San Diego Comic Con. I talked about uh, Bill William entirely too long. And I gotta talk about this, so let's get down to it. And now it's time for the rundown. So Fables, the good prince. Ah, la, la. You can't see me do the prince thing. Ah, la, la. 
by Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. <sighs> Two more trades to go. <laughs> Before I talk about how great this trade is not, um, let me talk about the summary. So, because in the last trade it was mentioned, uh, was it the last trade? I don't remember. That the adversary, Geppetto, must defeat Fabletown in the asinine three years because that's when uh, there's a good run. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. The three years. So in this one, uh, since a few months have passed, obviously, uh, Fabletown must defeat the adversary within two and a half months. Everything falls neatly in the place. So in Fabletown... We learn that Frau Totenkinder, through her magical spies or people, her paintbrush has ended up in whoever makes the wooden soldiers. So she is able to see out of any wooden soldiers at any time. That's not too powerful at all. Uh, she, well, she can only do one at a time. I, and it taxes her, I guess. Whatever. But and she knows it's gonna all come down to her, um, apparently defeating uh, Geppetto. And everyone else is just are just puns. So is that it? There's a, so there. Oh, so they so they hire with the bajillions of dollars. I still don't understand how they have a bajillion. No, I think I'm underestimating it. Whatever is higher than a bajillion. A quadrillion, a million, a Google, a shitload of money. I know how do they? They have rooms with the billions of dollars, right? How did they? How did they even get that money? They're refugees. Yeah, one or two of them brought their fortune into our world, but how do you get that much money? Does he pay? Does William think about any of these things? No, 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 we need a billion, uh, a room, rooms with billions of dollars. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How do you transport that when you're fleeing uh, your home, man? <sighs> Whatever. How do, oh, fucking, this is like a wine fest now. So, I forgot. Oh, yeah, they're doing something. They All they do is open up one of Blue Bill, uh, Bluebeard's rooms and magically. Uh, they have money for whatever they want. And one of these things they use the money for is they hire and have their people trained. They start bringing them in because, you know, they got to beat them within two and a half years. So they hire all these schools formed by, like, ex-Navy SEALs and snipers and all this shit. And they train their people to do the work and train them in guns and explosives. <sighs> whatever. Okay, who cares? Um, so, but then the uh, negotiations break down, and Hansel, and then go back to Fable Town. Now, uh, meanwhile, eh, that's pretty much the f story A. Story B, Flycatchers remembers everything. So, Buffkin, who's from The Wizard of Oz, the knight starts talking to him, The end is coming, or the end is nigh, or some shit, who cares? Um, breaks the armor, but it turns out it releases Lancelot's ghost. And Lancelot, 
uh, Tudor's flycatcher because uh, Fly tried to talk to Boy Blue, but Boy Blue was like, nah. Flycatcher dons the armor, which is shiny and new again. And him and Lance, who's a ghost, they go into that well. I want to say, the wishing well, kissing tell. I don't know the name of the well. They go into the well, and then they, you know, everyone that was dropped down in the well who you thought they were dead, and you would never see them again. Well, technically they're dead, but, because they're ghosts, but they're back. And talking about Bluebeard, to Shere Khan, to Gretel, to Waylon Smith. Waylon Smith, is that his name? And, uh... A few others. Well, anyways, so Fly, he's going back to his kingdom. And he leaves these ghosts out. Uh, they have solid, somewhat solid shape while they're around him. But he leaves these ghosts out. I don't know, weeks or months. And meanwhile, everyone in Fabletown is watching it through the mirror mirror. Because they're so bored. So... He leaves him out and he's, he weakens, but he's able to survive without food or water in a ghostly place for a very long time. Because uh, it's magic, you don't have to explain it, and uh, magic is in the armor. Whatever. So he leaves him out, starts rebuilding his home, and eventually, after Bluebeard and Shere Khan betray them, Geppetto's army comes and he defeats them. He does not defeat them with bloodshed. He, this ghost, his ghost scare him away. Never thought I'd say that. It scares them away. It's just the damn dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. This book just gets ridiculous and ridiculous. It's like, oh, this is, this is a children's book. We need no bloodshed. This is a war. No bloodshed. This is stupid. No bloodshed. Um, I don't want to scare. There is bloodshed. Uh, but then they become a ghost. Nah, whatever. This is dumb. Alright. So some, his, his kingdom expands and some people join his army. And he defeats army after army after army. And then suddenly, the final battle he's been anticipating, the wooden soldiers, Geppetto has called them all up. And they go and they fight. Because they're not afraid of no ghosts. But no magic works. Oh, no magic ice also works in his kingdom unless he allows it. So, um, he defeats them. He turns them back all into the sacred grove. Um, for some reason, he releases his magic. And the end. Oh, but he tells Fable Town that. He's like a third country, but he's not going to actively help. He was just going to do that, which he did. And um, Flycatcher can do anything because he, don't, don't ask how, he copied the magic from uh, the Witching Cloak. And now he transports himself wherever from time to time. Uh, but the other people are basically running his kingdom. So the best thing about, let me start off with the positives. The best thing about The Good Prince is that I've never read it before. I don't realize I read so much of Fables, borrowing it from my ex-friend, um, until I got to Trade 10? What is this? Yeah, this is Trade 10. 
So everything's new to me in this. It wasn't very good. You think I would have been wowed more? Because I would have been like, oh, I didn't expect that. Whoa. Um, but I just need to uh, be honest. I didn't give a shit after book one. Um, and I'm closer. I'm two, tra- two trades closer to being done with this series. Now, conversely, the worst thing about this book is that it deals with Flycatcher. Who has become a deus ex machina of sorts? It's weird, right? So I've read ten, 10 trades. There was not a single thing hinting that he was important in any way. Yes, he has a tragic past. And that is about it. Now, conversely, uh, I said that, and I'll say it again. You had Frau Totenkinder, who was hinted at being important and doing all this stuff. And that was done well. And that came, finally came together here. Where she explained to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Beast. Uh, so that was cool. And that made a lot of sense. But for nine trades, you get nothing with Flycatcher. Until the last, he remembers. What the fuck? I don't even know what he remembers. And didn't even say what he remembers in this book. That his, oh, I get, uh, I think he remembers that his family was killed. Like, who fucking gives a shit? And then the mirror was lying to him. That is where you get this whole god-awful story from? He remembers. He remember, does he remember anything important? No, because it's, I guess, did he remember that he couldn't do the magic or he couldn't allow, ma- I don't know, Whatever. what the fuck does he remember, who gives a shit, oh, oh, red herring, or oh, it's a red herring, it was a red herring, like, oh, whatever, so, I was curious, and I kind of did like the part with uh, Lancelot, I didn't know that he was the Forsworn Knight, and I don't care enough about this series or Lancelot except the first night movie to uh, look it up um I thought that part with the monkey was ridiculous where he was like stop dealing at me and then he breaks it I was like what the fuck I mean it still kind of makes no sense until Lancelot was freed so up until Ambrose Got to the well. I was somewhat enjoying the trade. I was kind of enjoying it. Then that then that part just like I was like, oh my god, really? Now, it's bad enough that every fable in the series can't die, except for a character who will die in the next trade or two. I had that spoiled for me. I was like, really? So he died. Oh. No, you know it's he. Except when it's convenient to the plot. And so far, it's like he hasn't, he's killed characters, but they haven't stayed dead or gone away because he might bring them back, you know, because it's convenient. And so he can recycle them. Um, I knew something would happen in that well because it was hinted at, but I didn't expect everyone who was in there, like, to all return at once or. So, it was just stupid. And I mean, they got recycled. I mean, I, I guess. You know what? It's just fucking lazy, right? It is so lazy to be like, you know, instead of using the hundreds of other uh, non-white fables, especially, but the hundreds of other fables 
that I haven't used that I don't even have to fucking uh, write a new character. I just base shit off old fables tales that have existed for hundreds of years. Instead of doing that, where there's still little work involved, except for me going to the fables dictionary and being like, oh, look at here. Um, he just reuses uh, fables that are he only uses in his series. That's really, that's fucking, that's what, see, that's what annoys me the most. Now, just like the last trade, it annoyed me that they kept saying, well, every issue, at least for the half the trade, while um, the issues that take, took place in Fable Town, they had to say, the world, the war will end in two and a half years. The war will end in two and a half, we only have two and a half years to get ready. Why? Well, be, I guess because Geppetto said we had three years. But really, because the series should have, should have ended, I would have so enjoyed that. The series should have ended in two and a half years. So, it's so arbitrary. Like, I'm sure in war, for instance, like Germany or America or uh, Japan, probably not Vietnam um, or Korea, really just the bigger countries. Uh, I say bigger, sorry Japan. They all said the same thing, right? But things never go as planned. And take one of those war wars in the last century. Like, really, we're still on the same uh, world, stay on the same planets. They're fucking, and some people stay on the same landmass. Uh, but Gebetto controls hundreds of worlds. And then he goes, No, oh, we got three years. Because it's not even taking you three years to take over the Arabian Nights. I don't think any of the places have taken you three years. It's just annoying and a false shitty way to create tension. You know, the more I talk about this book, the more I get mad. I'm not gonna lie. The more I'm getting mad. Now, the most disappointing thing in The Good Prince is that in half the story, what I like to call plot A, nothing happens. Babel Town is making their plans for the war and training their people. Now, I didn't mind that, because I do find it necessary. But when they when they watch the mirror to watch um, Ambrose, what it says to me is that they're so goddamn bored with their own story, seeing as nothing's happening. They might as well watch Fly's story. <laughs> that was just ridiculous. It was like, all right, what happened today? Ooh, ooh, well, today. And then people are pretending, oh, I'm Fly. Oh, let me tell you what happened. It's like, okay, that's retarded. So you're that bored, huh? That's, uh, that's fucking terrible. Now, Fly's story, while being ridiculous, isn't that bad. It does pick up steam, and uh, I kind of like parts of it, like even saying I'm going to be my third nation, my own sovereign nation. Uh, I was like, okay, that's cool. Even though the ghost thing was bit stupid. But then the battle happens, and I'm like, oh, there's, there's no killing. Because uh, you know, wars are like that, no one dies. Well, fuck, people die here, and they just go in a well, and... Be recycled back, or they, they, uh, yeah, or in the case of Goldilocks, they get thoroughly thrashed, nothing happens, no white, nothing happens. Uh, so 
And that is weird. You know what I would have said if I was the general of uh, that arm, that first army, or any of the armies? I'd have been like, "Yeah, your ghosts are unkillable, but you, you're not." Now nah, just ignore the ghosts because they're ghosts. I would have been. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have even minded if the ghosts had ravaged everything, but then, uh, like killed them in most horrific ghostly ways, as I watch in the horror movies. I didn't even get that. I just got. They're so they're so afraid of themselves. Ah, what have I done? What have I done? But Fly's so invincible, and so is damn ghost. Who gives a shit? There goes all the tension. As you try to create so much false tension, I have. You know, I kind of admit the build-up was somewhat uh, of tension. There was a little bit of that, and then you go, oh, Fly's invincible." Right? No, no one can do magic. Yeah. Dragons just fall because that is that was weird. Dragons fall. I mean, they have wings to fly, but they fall because they can't do magic. I don't. So, do they need magic to fly? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so, I did like, like I said earlier, I did like the the Frau Totenkinder part. I don't like what she's hinted at. That it's gonna become her and Gebetto. Like, what the fuck did I read? I read about boring ass Big B Snow shit for 12 trades. When you could have duped it out, you're so goddamn powerful. Although Gebetto's not powerful, he's just surrounded by powerful magic. I'm guessing the series will end with a ridiculously. He's gotta end with magic that's never explained. That's no rules. Um, an adduce ex-, ex machina or a red herring. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Sleeping Beauty. I'm really banking on that part. So, in the grand scheme of things, I give uh, Fables a good prince. Uh, two, two and a half, maybe. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the Comic-Con wrap-up, followed by the Fables wrap-up, followed by the Mass Effect, or preceded by the Mass Effect talk discussion. As always, appreciate it. Let me some feedback on iTunes. You can support my show by buying my DRM free ebook Catalyst, and it's available everywhere. Next week's pick will be Air History of Future. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at vertigocast.gmail.com. And you can go, please go to the comicforums.com and buy my cheap comics. To see what's coming up, visit the website at vforvertigo.blogspot.com. I'm also part of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at comicspodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash hellsfire. And remember, you can't lose what you don't put in the middle, but you can't win much either. <laughs>